This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, you're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense, the show all about personal finance and I'm Wong Xiaoning. Budget 2024 was tabled last week and although the government tiptoed over GST and petrol subsidies, we saw various new measures and taxes introduced. Some of them include the increase of service tax from the current 6 to 8% for certain sectors, luxury goods tax at between 5 to 10%, and the floating of prices of chicken and eggs. Joining me to discuss Budget 2024 and what are the tax incentives available for you is Tanya Malai Somasundram. He's the Managing Director of Tani's Tax Consulting Services. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. Now, really, we have to ask this takeaway question, which is what what did you make of Budget 2024 entitled Economic Reform Empowering People? Was it true to label? Well, thank you very much for inviting me first, you know, Charlene. And uh, the budget is actually spot on. I think it is actually meeting the requirements of the current environment. We are in a difficult situation in the sense there are lots of conflicts going around the world, etc. And in, and in this We are in a kind of a difficult situation, but you have to now find a way out of it. And I think this budget is focusing on that spot on, Mm -hmm. attacking corruption, trying to improve governance. Uh, That's number one. Number two is a subsidy rationalization. About time. It's way, way overdue. And even that is only coming in next year. I hope it will actually work and it will be implemented. Then the commitment to growth has to be maintained because the country still has to grow. So commitment to growth will be entirely, you know, that's a another key uh, you know, element here. And then the last one is, of course, taking care of people who mm. need help. So really, it has covered everything. People may not realize it, but actually the, the money, the $303 billion that has been actually you know, going to be spent in the coming year will be focused on the right you know, issues. So this is a budget that is spot on, in my opinion. Okay, so one of the priorities of this budget was, of course, to look at increasing our revenue base, right? And we do see that in the increase in service tax. But fortunately, or some would say unfortunately, it doesn't cover services such as F&B and telecommunication. And I understand why, because you don't want unnecessary burden on the rug yet, right? But the scope of taxable services is going to be expanded to include logistics, brokerage, underwriting, and interestingly, karaoke services. <laughs> so which do you think will have the biggest direct impact on personal finance? I think it's you know simple. It's going to be logistics. You know, because logistics is something that was not taxed. Mm. They were taxing it until you know um, 2000, December 2018. Then they, they deferred it. Now it's come back. So it is going to be, even though it is only at 6% and not at 8%, 6%, it is still going to be, uh, you know, it will flow through. Because mm. when you have a manufacturer actually charging you sales tax, you know, he, inevitably that, you know, and he's going to actually absorb the service tax also. So whatever it is, he will charge, the logistics guy will charge the manufacturer, the manufacturer will include that particular element. And then what happens is because SST is an opaque tax, you know, mm. it is not where it, the whole, only, you know, you're not only, pass, you don't pass the whole value added and don't, you eliminate the tax element at each each part of the supply chain. Mm. Here, it'll keep adding. So what will happen is the logistics guy will charge the service tax, the manufacturer will add on, and he will add the profit on his value add plus the SST. Then he will pass it on to the distributor, and then the distributor will actually use that total increase sum and tax. So there's a tax on tax because Mm. this whole thing will cascade. So 
inevitably the logistics cost will come back finally to the consumer. Let me get this right. So in general, we can expect a rise in the cost of living. I'm sure what you're basically saying is that there will be invariably a knock-on effect, isn't it? There will be a knock-on effect. But what they've also said, if you mm. know, if you had followed your own, you know, your BFM when you interviewed, <laughs> uh, I think uh, uh, Dato Marikan is. Or, or, or someone that I think they, they mentioned that they're going to give the diesel subsidy. Yes. There is going to be a diesel subsidy to the logistics companies, although the there's going to be a target, you know, that's one of the targeted groups will be assisted so that the price, you know, that doesn't pass on. So there's, there's going to be some form of a subsidy given to the logistics guys. So I think if the logistics, you know, companies are acting responsibly, they have to take that benefit into account. And also they've got to take this extra cost and not mm. pass on just the one-sided cost. There's a net effect will be slightly lesser than the, than the yeah. service tax that they incur. You know. Should we have just gone ahead with GST then? From the sounds <laughs> of it, you know, because this, this service tax sounds complicated in, its, in a way, right? And it's, it's hard to determine really what is the true increase from this taxation. Yeah, you like you say, know. it's opaque. Okay. So... In for for the good of the nation, for the good of the rakyat, in in the pursuit of being transparent, would it have been better to look at GST? It would have been actually, you know, the businesses would not be incurring; they will be collectors only. Mm. They, you know, the input tax, output tax, and the exemption of the zero rating mechanism will ensure they become collectors. There's no cost to the business, so the business have no reason to actually add on to the costs. You know, finally, they collect only the tax due on the total value add. So that's where GST would be good. But I'll 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 just add to that: the main pushback on GST by everybody, including the politicians, has been regressive saying mm. that the bottom, the B40 and the other they people will, will the be most affected. In terms of percentages. But that's not necessarily the case. It's not. Why is it that every other country can use the zero rating mechanism and the exemption mechanism to, you know, to cushion or, mm. or to protect the lower groups? It can be done. It is not impossible. Remember, we, in, we already, in, you know, introduced it once and we were the only ones in the world who actually withdrew it. So we have got wonderful experience of actually introducing, withdrawing and now if we introduce it, we can be introducing it with the knowledge that we can avoid the past mistakes. Yeah. Can we not? Sure, we can do it. Uh, but in the meantime, Prime Minister Datu Sri Anwar Ibrahim also proposed that the government will be introducing a 5 to 10% tax on luxury goods. I mean, we don't have the details. But what kind of implementation will this... T I mean, what's the type of implementation that's going to take place? And do we have any examples from regional peers? Oh, of course. I mean, there are countries, you know, like Korea has it, you know, China has it on certain elements, India has it on accommodation, Indonesia has it on expensive residences, you know, even Australia has it on select luxury cars, Canada has it on luxury cars, yachts, and etc. So every country has, you know, I've done this study mm. across the world. and Will I, it actually fetch a significant no. amount of... Revenue, no, that, no. That's the so is it's actually going to be a tax that I think is detrimental, and I do not think this tax is really, really, you know, needed. But it's good from a visuals point of view that you are actually getting the rich to pay. Mm. But frankly, the rich are not going to be actually buying those items that you think. What is going to be affected? The people affected will be the ordinary person because particularly the jewelry area. You know, people don't buy it just to keep it and you know on the wall. Actually, they do it, one, to use it as a personal satisfaction. Number two, most important, is they do it as savings. Yes. And thirdly, many of us, actually, because in the Asian culture, we tend to give gifts, you know, for a child who is born or a marriage Wedding, or something, marriage, something very, yeah. very small. You know, usually it's 10,000, 5,000, mm. 3,000, 2,000. You know, you tend to give, you like to give gold because that becomes a, 
a store value. So you tend to do that. So if you now go and bring it and say 10,000 is your limit, and they haven't tell, told us what the threshold is. We don't is. know the details, right? We don't know the details. We don't know. So if they bring 10,000 or if they bring in 20,000, these are not large numbers. Mm. And if you now bring it in at you know, 200,000, you won't get many of the people. And all the rich, frankly, they can just go. You know, they fly so often. They'll go to Singapore. They'll go elsewhere. They go to London, everywhere. They'll buy these things. In, you know, whether you go to India, whether you go elsewhere, you buy it there. Why should I pay this service tax? And they're all arbit- They're all very intelligent, very clever people. The rich actually plan more. The poor don't plan. Poor buy. You know? <laughs> and who is going to pay the tax? It's most likely the poor who buy maybe more than 10,000 because the, uh, the number banded around that I'm hearing from people is probably 10,000 and that's just too low. Too low a threshold, Way right? too low, way too low. Now, there's also going to be the mandatory implementation of e-invoicing for taxpayers with annual income or sales of more than a 100 million ringgit. It's going to start from 1st August onwards. Now, obviously, this applies to a very small percentage of, of the population. But how will the this change in tax filing uh, impact them? Actually, it doesn't affect the individuals at all, Shaolin. Mm. This is actually excellent. What is going to happen is this is actually going to bring in all businesses into the tax into the tax, tax net. net because at the moment there's you know there's a lot of there's actually we are not collecting we are missing there are mm. gaps in the system so all those you know what we can do is actually close down that because you know people it's quite not un, I mean I'll be frank with you it's not uncommon for people to buy invoices at the moment it's not uncommon and then they claim it as an expense all that will stop because the person now issuing has to issue an e-invoice. Mm. So you close the loop. So this is actually going to affect companies. First, in 1st of June, it will be the $100 million, you know, the businesses, which are more than $100 million. Then the 50 to $100 million. They've accelerated it from 2027 to 225. This is one of the best steps. This will bring in more money than your probably luxury tax. I've been speaking to Tanya Malai, Soma Sundaram, Managing Director of Tanis Tax Consulting Services. We'll be taking a short break for some messages. Don't go anywhere. BFM 89.9. Ringgit and cents on BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, welcome back. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Cents. I'm Wong Shaoning. Today, we're discussing what's in it for you for bu- from Budget 2024. Joining me to discuss this is Tanya Malai, Soma Sundaram, Managing Director of Tanis Tax Consulting Services. I want to talk about some of these green incentives. You know, this government's very into ESG and mm-hmm. focusing on personal tax re- uh, redemption. Has it only been... I mean, what are the incentives for, for EV users or or even anything along the lines where, you know, you want to be better, you want to be more environmentally conscious? Good. Let me tell you this. First of all, the, from an individual point of view, the only, the only break you have, which is already available last year, but it's now going to be continued, is if you have a charging, you know, a charging mm. station or in your house, then they will give you, you know, they'll basically give you a deduction up to 2,500 because just, that particular unit will cost you more than 2,500. That with regards to the other one is actually, remember, uh, it's importation. You know, you're now sub... You are not imposing, you know, in a custom, there's a customs duty reduction and there is a sales tax reduction on the importation of these EV units, vehicles. You know, vehicles. Yeah. But 
the point, Jiaming, is the problem we have is what vehicles? Am I getting the Vios, you know, are we getting EV at that 1.5 litre? No. Majority of us are what? We're using 1.5, 1.8. There's no EV it's car that is below 100,000. <laughs> All of the cheapest is something like 99, So, so who are we subsidising? Who are we subsidising? We are subsidising the T20 again. You know, the Maseratis or maybe the BMWs, the Mercedeses and all. But not all of us use that. You know, when we talk about the CKD kits and all that, it should be now focused. And this whole industry is going to change. You know, the whole, mm. the whole. you know, now at the moment we're using petrol and diesel, the combustion. It's going to disappear entirely in five years and we're going to become electric. So this has a, a flaw-on effect. But for the individual so far, ordinary person who is actually earning even 15000 a year who buys an ordinary car like a Civic or whatever else it is, you know, or a cross, he doesn't get, he, he doesn't no get. No benefit the, to him. No benefit to him, you know. Okay, and then we also saw an expansion in personal tax relief to cover the aspects of sports. Help us understand what what is eligible and how much is there available? Because there's some tweaking to that, isn't it? Yes, there is some tweaking to that. Actually, there's not much. You know, the 2,500, you know, the, uh, the relief that we call it, you know, um, what we call that relief, the lifestyle relief. Mm. Previously, it was given on reading materials, personal computers, tablets, internet subscriptions, sports equipment, you know, gymnasium membership fees. And then an additional, you know, that was 2,500. Another 500 was given for sports equipment, rental, you know, if you want, if you wanted to rent the sports facilities like badminton courts, registration at uh, competitions. Now what has happened is not very much. The 2,500 remains, but it's confined to reading materials, personal computers, smartphones, tablets, internet subscriptions, Subscription and self-skill enhancement. So 2,500. But they've introduced a new relief on top of all these reliefs. Now we have another relief for 1,000. So the 500 has become 1,000 mm. for sports equipment, entry into, you know, which means hiring badminton courts, tennis courts and everything else, registration for participating in sports events, gymnasium is new, gymnasium membership fee is new, sporting training fees. Yeah, the training one is the... Training, that's, that's it. So from 2,500... And three thousand. And remember, two two and a half plus five five hundred was three thousand. Now from you know, now you get another five hundred extra. So three and a half thousand is what you get. You know, from the year of assessment twenty twenty four, which is from January. Mm-hmm. That's the only difference. The other thing that has come in is also you know the Yaya sons and all. I may as well cover yeah. that. The 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 uh, exempt uh, the charitable bodies. These are certified provided as certified institutions, right? right. They, yeah. You know, so now what they have said is, you if those um, exempted bodies under Section forty four six we call it uh, charitable things that actually promote you know uh, various purposes. One of them now they've included sports. Uh, yeah. If you are actually providing sports education or sports development, those yeah will be allowed. You know, you can now apply for exemption status. And the donors can contribute up to 10% of your total income. Okay. So the donors can now contribute, yeah. Are there any other lifestyle-related tax incentives that we should be aware of? Lifestyle, not really. This is the lifestyle relief. You know, okay. Otherwise, it's a personal relief. And most of it is actually around healthcare. Yes, I noticed there have been some changes, right? Including dental now being part of... Yes, it used to be. They introduced fertility treatment a few mm. years ago. And now they've introduced dental treatment. So, you know... But the quantum has not been raised. No. Quantum has not been raised. The only one that has been raised, I mean, not really, the parental care also, mm. they now have just said that within that limit, the, the, the limit that they had given for, the, you know, the, 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 for your parental care, mm. the 1,000 ringgits, a component of it can be used for your parents, you know, who, who may not be, who may be healthy, but who wanted to go for medical checkups, so up to 1,000, 
you can spend on your parents to do a health checkup. You know, that's that's the only thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing very much. Everything else was actually previously and it was merely being extended, you know. Yeah, and one extension I saw was the tax relief for skill improvement and personal development cons, uh, yes. causes. That's being extended to 2026. This is... Uh, Sorry, might sound like a, a bit of an odd question, but how do we know what causes are eligible? Do we go to the IRB website mm-hmm. or is it for the institution to tell us? No, they tell us you've got to go to the ministry. You know, it's under Ministry of Human Resources. You've got to go to the Department of Skills Development. Okay. You know, check it up. Um, not IRB. Okay. IRB will be the wrong place. They might send you up the wrong skill. You know, I'm just joking. You know, <laughs> you'll be good at auditing. Uh, what about the repayment of PTPTN? Yes, the loans. Mm. Effectively, it's a simple student, student loans. loans. They're going to give the 10% discount if you give 50% of the money up front and then you pay in installments. They'll give you 15% if you have a direct debit or if you regularly agree to pay. Well, something is nothing because otherwise these funds never come back, you know. So it's a great incentive. I would actually encourage people to pay back. But there must be a moral response. It's, it's, a, pro, it's a question of morality here. Yeah. You have borrowed. Should you not give back the money so that other people can enjoy? You, if you don't pay back, the next generation or the next group cannot enjoy because the There's amount... no chance for them. No chance and the government cannot keep on, you know. Yeah. You remember, those days were good days when we had oil flowing and everything else. Now we, you know, there's, there's, everything has reduced. We have a problem. So please be responsible and repay your money. That's a very useful PSA. Now, are there any other tax inv- incentives that we haven't touched on or is it pretty much that's it in terms of what... The goodies for for the for the ordinary Malaysians. No, ordinary Malaysians is very much just an extension of what was previously given. The only thing that has been increased is a very small amount. You know, to, from two thousand four hundred to three thousand is the childcare allowance that the employer mm. either gives to the employee. You know, basically for childcare, he pays to the childcare institution, or he, if the person concerned is actually incurring, then he gets. You know, he gives him an allowance of three thousand, which will not be taxable on the individual. Mm. Yeah. The other thing is in in Malaysia, our tax to GDP is something like 11%, 12%. Very, very low compared to our ASEAN neighbours, right? Uh, some would say there's this great reluctance to, to pay tax, but it's actually a civil duty. But yet when we look at the Auditor General's report that just came out recently, it's a sad state of affairs. Should we at the same time take to task those who misuse and waste our hard-earned tax dollar to encourage everyone to say, no, this money is used you know, for the right purpose in the right way. I think accountability is very, very important. Transparency by the government using this money, they should be able to account for it. Mm. You know, it shouldn't be given to sectors where there are people who are renters in this economy, who act as middlemen, who don't contribute, but take a layer of everything. So we want to see that the money is spent. On the other hand, I think there's so much scope for customs IRB to tighten the vigilance and you can collect money. But that will mean going after the same people. But another big area is people who have not bothered or people who are using corruption, you know, to actually infiltrate the system. Mm. And unfortunately, people will deny it. It does exist. And I think these two, I mean, the two bodies, I mean, at the end of the day, they should have zero corruption at the end of the day. There shouldn't even be talk about a possible corruption. You know? yeah. So if that is actually internally, and secondly, the people, they should go after that 
zone that is actually in no man's land at the moment, who are actually getting away with it, who are not paying taxes, who think that they can get away and they take the chance. There are a couple of people, one who think they're rich and very powerful people. I don't want to name them, but there are segments of society we all know. They talk, but they don't walk the talk. The second group is actually who say, look, IRB and customs don't have the resources. They'll come and audit me once in seven years or five years, you know. It's okay, like, at the end of the day, I'll get a discount. So we have the discount mentality because like summons and everything else, we give discounts. And now we are giving an SVDP. So once in three, four years or five years, we are giving some kind of an amnesty. So that is another group that waits. Another group, it's a hardcore group who says, you come and catch Mila. Mm. And there are, there are billions. I'm talking about tens of billions. You know, Barjai, the Professor Barjai Bodoy, you know, from UKM or somewhere, I think he has, he's mentioned in the papers, I mean, that number is too high in my opinion. He's at about 40 over billion. I think the number is too high. But possibly 10 to 20 billion because I used to be the president of the Charter Tech, you know, and also the foundation. We did a study. We estimated, I think it will be well in excess of about 20 billion. You know, there is underground money. Every You can be collecting that money. But you have to go after them. You okay. have to. And for those who are doing their civic duty, for those who are filing their income tax uh, diligently, practical advice, keep all your receipts. No, you keep all your receipts. They'll come, you know, any time. They can come in, you know, five years if it is income tax, seven years if it is transfer pricing. The most important thing is I think the, the authorities, the government... The people like us who have been paying taxes all the years feel aggrieved Then, whenever every three years or five years we end up giving an amnesty, it is wrong. Amnesty should stop. This should be the last amnesty given to people who have not complied. And therefore, then only the people like us who are paying taxes will feel that, we, you know, we have done the right thing. Otherwise, we feel aggrieved. The word is aggrieved. Why should I pay when these guys are getting a discount, you know? Yeah. That's all the time you have for Ringgit and Sense. I've been speaking to Tanya Malai Sumasundra, Managing Director of Tanya's Tax Consulting Services. Join us again next week for more discussions on personal finance. We have the 10 a.m. news bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise. I'm Wong Shining from The Morning Run, BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9. The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.